All right, hey everybody, this is Chad Jordan, uh, Director of Marketing at Sport Clips Haircuts, and this is a very exciting episode of the Hall of Fame podcast we have for you today. Uh, we are kicking off the 2019 Help a Hero time period, and for those of you that are part of Sport Clips, you probably know what this is. Those of you that are not, that may be tuning in, Help a Hero is our scholarship foundation that we uh, that we partnered with uh, with the VFW Veterans of Foreign War, and we raise Foreign Wars. We raise funds to give scholarships to military members, most of whom are transitioning from uh, military service to the civilian workforce. And so we have scholarships available for them to go and kind of get cross trained. And last year, if I'm remembering right, I think we raised 1.5 million dollars. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I, I feel that's the right number. And over the course of its history, the Help a Hero history, I believe the number's around $6 million has been raised. So stylists across the country, stores, team members, team leaders, uh, and even Sport Clips headquarters with some matching dollars have been raising money for this worthy cause. And uh, I, I try to, every Help a Hero cycle, sit down with, uh, with a few people that have been had, uh, been impacted by Help a Hero, and so this year is no exception. I have a very special guest today. I think everyone is going to be jazzed to hear from her. So why don't we do this first? Uh, why don't you tell me? I don't need need your serial number, but why don't you tell <laughs> me your name and your rank and uh, branch of service and all that kind of fun stuff? Who Great. are you? Um Jennifer Richard, but I go by Jen, uh, right Not now. Jenny on the block, as I found <laughs> when I met her, so uh, my, my apologies there. Um, I am in the Army Reserves. I've served in the Army Reserves for about six years now. Okay. I'm currently a sergeant, but I am possibly um, going to go to OCS next year if I get selected on the board. Okay. Um, what was your third question? Uh, third I question. Already. No, that, I was just basically trying to get to know. Yeah. Why don't you tell me a little bit about you, your family, okay. all that kind of stuff. You can even name your cats if you want. <laughs> uh -huh. um, I blame my husband for the mm -hmm. cats, though. Um, so I have a daughter. She's 13. Her mm -hmm. name is Sunny Garcia. Um, her middle name is Danica, and I probably was really young, and so I thought it was cool to Sunny name her D. Sunny D. Oh, I like that. Um, and then my husband's Jesse Richard. Uh -huh. um, he's in the Air Force. So oh, we kind of work? Army and Air Force? Is there well, a little tension? Or? Well, I am a graduate from BSU. I don't know if I told you that. Oh, no. And uh -huh. um, okay. so there was some rivalry going on when Air Force played BSU about a week ago. Who won? A BSU oh, did. Oh, of course they did. Yeah. Okay. It was pretty close, though, until after about yeah. halftime they started. By the way, have we said we're in Idaho? I don't know if I've even mentioned. I don't that think yet. Okay, so we my mentioned first we're in time Boise. Ever, yeah, we're in. We're so when she's saying BSU, <laughs> she's talking about Boise State. Uh, I we are recording this in Idaho. Uh, it's not technically cold here yet, <laughs> at least if you're from Idaho. But if you're from California, it is. It's so I'm not being a wimp. Uh, but yeah, so that's where we're at. So you and your husband, he's in the Air Force. Is he in the reserves? You said or uh, he's, he's active actually duty? active duty. Okay. Yes. Exactly. So we haven't figured that part out yet. It's right. not yeah. quite that time. Mm, okay. So <laughs> you, so you'll cross that bridge when you get. How does the, does the military usually try to work that out? Or? Um, so as a reservist, I'm federally funded, so mm -hmm. I'm able to kind of bounce around to different units. Okay. As long as I don't hold an obligation to that unit, um, I can kind of go wherever I need to go. Yeah. So it kind of works out so in our favor. So when he gets uh, PCS to another base. Yeah. How long has he been here? 
So about two years now. Okay. So um, you're you're hoping, obviously, that when he moves somewhere else, they'll let you go and if find if it. not, I just will travel back okay. to drill make, my make it yeah my commitment. So okay, so what we're gonna do in the course of this? Uh, I don't want to call it interview because we're just hanging out, right? It's a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? This is a conversation. Because I, I, what I want, I want to hear, I want stylists especially out there that are listening to this to kind of have a light bulb moment where they go, oh my gosh, that's what the Help a Hero Scholarship's all about. And it kind of comes full circle with your story. So yeah. you're, you have a unique story. So I want to, I want to unpack that in a conversation and uh, kind of the beginning, middle and end, like where you've been, what you're up to now, what's coming down the road. Okay. So give me, if you can, you don't have to take me all the way back to, you know, your little girl and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, but give, you know, take me um, back a little bit on um, your, maybe your military career or, or okay. when you went in high school, you, you know, what yeah. drew you to the military, okay. all that kind of stuff. Uh, my best friend will actually get a kick out of this because Latasha Tyler is her name. Okay, and, shout um, out. Right. Yeah. So my um, first marriage, um, I was separated about sophomore year of college. Right. Um, and my best friend, Latasha, kept um, trying to convince me that we needed to join the Army together. Oh, wow. And I was a cheerleader. Was this after like a Vegas weekend no. or something? No, like I, I never, I wasn't that um, okay. type of girl, uh-huh. I guess. Um, uh, but but she just, I was a cheerleader yeah. in high school. And so um, I was very, I guess at the time, more girly-ish than uh-huh. I am, so the I army guess, now. So never really appealed to you? So I just, yeah. I never correlated myself as a fit for the military. Mm-hmm. And so she just kept trying to say, like, oh, they're going to pay for the rest of our college. We'll be debt-free from college. And um, I guess for me, I was very um, intimidated. And I kept telling her, no, no, I'm not going. Mm-hmm. And that's just not for me. Um, and so one day we're, I think we were at Boise State and we were leaving because we both lived in Nampa and we drove there together and she said, oh, let's go to the recruiter's office. He keeps telling me to bring you by and let him talk to you so you can learn more about the military. And make an informed, educated decision. Yeah. yeah. So I just remember like, oh, fine, just let's go. Just to get go. her off back, right? Yeah. yeah. And she's like, um, we can do the buddy system. We can go to basic training together and... I'm like, what? I, it was all foreign to me. I knew nothing about the military. I knew nothing. And um, no one in my family had ever and served in the military. Asterisk, so. you had, didn't you have a little girl at this point? Yes. Yeah. So, so your mom of a, so she's still in diapers. About single mom, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. And so um, I was like, okay, so let's go down there and talk to the recruiter. We go down there. Um, James Tharp, I still remember. I'm still friends with him to this day. And I remember um, we get down there, and he's like, oh, you're in college. You have this many credits already. Like, you're really smart. Um, you'd be a perfect fit. And at the time, I was just like, okay, if I join, though, I just want to be a, a 42 alpha. I just want to do paperwork. I just want to sit at a mean? desk. Um, I do human alpha. resources. Okay, all right. So, so you're, not in the, you're not, like, <clears throat> shooting machine guns no, and firing no. rockets. No, I okay. just wanted to be simple. I just wanted to be, you know, as basic Clerical, secretary yeah, okay. job in the military. And so um, I just remember he's like, yeah, you're going to get this job. And I was, like, getting convinced because they were like, we'll give you a $18,000 sign-on bonus, and then we're going to give you $30,000 back in a student loan repayment. And at that time, he – 
he pretty much had me. Yeah, so uh-huh. I was like, okay, great. Where do I sign? All of a sudden, right? And I just remember calling my mom and talking to my daughter's father, like, hey, like mm-hmm. I really want to do this. I really need your guys' help and support because um, even though um, I was separated from my daughter's father, mm-hmm. we were still pretty good friends. Yeah. And so um, I just remember, you know, they were like, what military like are mm-hmm. you sure this, this is, is foreign to them because it's this not, is like not grown up you know no it's, Jane or anything. yeah definitely they just were super confused about my decisions and um i just remember um finally you know i kind of convinced them to back me up on this um, decision and um they were like okay so then I get to MEPS and stuff, and I'm, like, getting ready, and I'm super nervous and doing, doing the whole in-processing thing. And I just remember um, I get to the office where they pick your job, and the guy's like, okay, we don't have any 42 Alpha slots in Boise. And I was just distraught. I was like, what? No, there has to be. Like, I'll, I'll wait. I don't, you know, I don't care at this point. I want that job. He said, no, we have, because um, by then I'd taken the ASVAB, and I don't even remember remember my score, but he's like, you're really smart, and we're going to give you a 25 Bravo position. You'll love it. You won't regret it. And I said, well, what is that? Uh, information technology specialist. And okay. like, what? I'm like super confused. Yeah. I'm like, I know nothing about computers. Mm-hmm. I can type. I can, you know, um, do basic computer skills on a computer, but other than that, it's like, there's no way like, I'm not going to do good in this job. Yeah. And he said, oh, you'll be fine. So he finally convinced me after, like, I want to say I kind of fought hard for 30 minutes to convince him um, I did not want to be a 40. Did you have, did or, you, excuse me, did you resort Robert. to crying <clears throat> and trying that tactic? I did not. Okay. Um, but I was very. That works on me when my yeah. daughter or my wife. Like, anyways. please, gave him the puppy right, eyes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Probably gave him the puppy eyes. Like, come on. Try to convince him. But there was no getting out of it and he pretty much said like we can just drop this and I was like okay I'm gonna let my recruiter down if I don't just go through with it mm-hmm. oh so you had a chance you could have said like there, yeah, you weren't just, committed yet really. yeah okay. so in a sense I, right. uh-huh. I could have backed out um, but he's like this is what you get so I just went through with it and it was probably the best decision of my life um, I think my IT background is kind of what built, the, started the foundation of um, who I am today. Mm-hmm. It's the um, beginning of how I was able to excel, um, not only on the military side, but on the civilian side. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then I kind of found that computers weren't my passion. Right. So I'm kind of strayed from that, but I still get a lot of phone calls and emails of, you know, hey, come work for our company. Um, you have a secret clearance. You're, you know, you have all this background in IT. You're a perfect fit. You have your degree now. Like you can fit in this job position. Um, but I just the traveling is kind of wore me out. I yeah. think over the time, and so I know my daughter's like, I don't want to move anywhere, and I just want to stay in Idaho, and I just want to so be here. When you when you, you <coughs> accepted and you became that IT. I don't want to say professional, but I mean, I guess you were a pro at IT stuff. Did they keep you in Boise or did they start moving you around? Um, so military side, since I was a reservist, they did keep me here okay. in my position. So that's kind of how it started out with. I left for basic training, did my... Where was th- basic? Fort Benning? Uh, no, Fort Jackson. Okay. And then from Fort Jackson, I went to Fort Gordon, Okay. Um, where they have the Signal Corps. 
and that's where I got my advanced individual training, AIT, um, I guess certificate or achievement. How far, how, how, how many weeks together was all that? Oh, long. So I want to say I left in May and I didn't get home till December. Oh, so what's going on with your, with Sunny? With her dad oh, and my mom. Oh my goodness. Were you just <laughs> yeah. a puddle? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It was. Because how old? She's probably three years old. Yeah. 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 So it was very, oh, my God. very difficult. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. So, um. It was hard, yeah. but I think, I think ultimately it's made her super strong. Mm-hmm. So um, after that, after training, I came back to Boise, um, and that's kind of where I started back up again. I'm like, okay, so I'm still young. I had, you know, um, 20, I think I was 21 at that time. I had just turned 21 that year, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so um I was ready to find an IT job, and I was ready to get rolling. And so that's kind of where I came back, and I started my, I guess, career path. And I was still in college, but at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm still a single mom. I got to, you know, still go to college because I wanted to complete my degree, and I still want to be able to work a decent job. And so um, I did find a job over at HP doing IT work, so it was computer service or help desk support. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of where I branched off to. And then came a deployment in 2013. Oh, it was 2012. Um, they were looking for bodies. Okay. And at this deploying to Afghanistan. Oh my goodness. Yes. <clears throat> and, and this was not was this not a volunteer thing? Is it one where your name was called and you needed no, to go? Or? It was volunteer. Okay. So um, they needed bodies, and I kept telling myself like, okay, I need to earn my patch. I need to go save more money because mm-hmm. I mean like. To me, at the time, like this would be perfect like to pay off my pay debt. Bonus or something, or correct. Yeah, and okay. so, to me, at the time, being that young, that was like really good money for yeah. me. And so, um, I was like, okay. I went over and talked to the unit and said, "Hey, you guys need extra bodies. This is my background. These are my, you know, um, this is my GT score. This is what I have to offer. What do you guys have available?" And they said, oh, we have an 88 November position, which is a movement specialist or movement control specialist. And so pretty much dealing with air and ground movement. Mm-hmm. So helicopters, fixed wing, and mm-hmm. then um, convoy movements and stuff. So I was like, okay, let's do it. And so that's when I started my journey in Afghanistan was my first deployment with the 949th here in Boise. Had you ever traveled internationally before never that. okay Mm-mm. so you never uh, had you ever traveled before basic had you ever really gone never to work? okay so i was just a... the army's keeping its commitment to showing you the world yes uh so you go to <clears throat> afghanistan and it's a whole new world literally right? uh, it's the first day we got there um i don't know how these people i mean they have informants but they just knew that there was a new unit coming to town mm-hmm. and um i remember the first day I their alarms were going off and I'm confused and everyone's like get down our unit was at this point super freaked out because we're getting hit by rockets and all you hear along the building is just like rumbling from the explosions and I remember our first sergeant was like get on the ground and so I'm like oh my god what is going on what the heck was I thinking right. maybe not those words maybe worse yeah 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 but I'm underneath PG. my desk uh-huh. with my hands over my ears like oh my god I hope I don't die like what was I thinking I'm so stupid why am I here and so that was the first day and I just you know was had a lot of how many days how how long was your deployment um, supposed to be like so nine months and this was like 
the first this is a couple, couple of hours of, yeah. of, of, of the first nine months yeah oh so i'm just like you know in shock like oh my god i'm just so stupid why am i here mm-hmm. i'm gonna end up getting hurt something's crazy because the fob is just getting attacked all the time and um <clears throat> at the time during that year the apaches were allowed to go and fight back you know go shoot yep. whoever wherever the um point of origin was and so you know things changed after a while um as far as rules of engagement that's allowed to happen yeah Yeah, so but it's just I remember that's where my first appointment started and after a while I got used to it and so it it just happens like the mentality and they they say you become real complacent after a while because then nothing happens and you're okay and you just kind of get into a rhythm you get into a rhythm we're like where you're not running to the bunker when there's an attack Mm because you're like oh it probably won't hit here and so um it just is. Some people took it real serious, where they were against a building. Some people were just like, "Okay, I'm just gonna Here we walk." Go again. Like a tornado warning, you know. And then the tornado's not gonna hit here. Yeah. So then you had the conventional army, which was myself, and then you had the special forces guys, which you want to kind of be like, "Okay, I'm gonna be tough like them. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna run from a mortar or a rocket coming in, indirect fire or anything." You're just like, "I'm just gonna walk like nothing." And so that's kind of how the mentality became, where you just knew in your mind like they're not scared so you shouldn't be scared mm-hmm. to face you know fear mm-hmm. your fear of death and so that's kind of how my journey was in Afghanistan just working every day and just um I was a contracting officer representative so I got to talk with the local on base who came onto base and off of, lived off of base and so um, I worked with him because he let us use a truck of his and we contracted or I guess leased out that truck mm-hmm. and so um Afghanistan was really interesting so I kind of you know got to meet and network with all kinds of people so that's kind of where going back was easy for me because I met civilians who worked for the government and that's when I was like okay I'm going to take a break from the military I'm going to come back and find a civilian job Mm -hmm. and I did with my qualifications my IT background that the military gave me I was able to find that position and I went back overseas and that's where I spent the next three almost three years traveling back and forth so okay let me get this straight so you, you finish your nine month deployment yes and then you come back to Boise mm-hmm. right now you're still a reservist or correct how that? okay so as a reservist you can take a civilian job because you gotta just like you were with HP earlier right so you take a civilian job now when you're over there do you have to step into your reservist shoes one week in the month or anything like that or so I actually went um, so I had two years IRR in my contract. Okay. So I had already committed four years and I still owed the military two more years, mm-hmm. but I decided to take my two year inactive okay. time in between so I could go back and make even more money mm-hmm. um, to pay off more of my debt. Right. <laughs> and so for me, it was like a huge um, door opener. I was like, okay, I can buy a house now and pay off a car. And it, it was just to me, um, it was like a huge opportunity yeah. to go back and work for the government side on as a civilian. A lot of a lot of stylists that are listening to this are working moms. Yeah. And so they are nodding the fact yeah. that you're making the sacrifice to better your life, your daughter's life, right? All this kind of stuff. And they're also listening to this, going, I can't imagine in a way. <laughs> so, describe to me what's going on as a mom who's that far away. Soft spot. <laughs> uh, I know. Uh, 
from your daughter and what were, were you face well let's see was facetime a thing back then i mm-hmm. think it was so you're facetiming or skype Just calling skype, when yeah. you can uh missing some you know, moments obviously uh how, how do you how do you cope during that while you know i gotta keep doing this i gotta keep uh our future and you know in the front of my mind but how how how'd you get through that it was extremely hard um there was were times when I was like, okay, I'm going to give this up because, like, my daughter needs me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I knew my ex was a really awesome father. Yeah. He was amazing. He took really good care of my daughter. And I literally, literally cannot thank him enough. Had he told you, I got this, go do oh, your yes. thing, go crush it? Oh, yeah. He was wow, super amazing. helpful on whenever I would come back traveling. He had no... Um, rejections to when I could have her, how Uh long I could have her. Um, We just worked so well together, co-parenting. And that was amazing. That was super helpful because I know a lot of families are not like that after Mm -hmm. separation. I know that um, it's hard to co-parent with somebody you've just separated from. So it was hard being overseas, but I think the ability to Skype and have phone calls constantly was a super huge help. And um, when I was a contractor, I came home every three to six months for about two to four weeks. And so that really, really helped um, with my daughter. <laughs> Did it, that, as I'm thinking through this, because I travel a lot for work, yeah. right? So not in month chunks. Right. Uh, usually three to four <clears throat> days. Uh, so I'm thinking, like for me, I, I have to go home and obviously hit a reset button. Okay. Now I'm back home again and for a couple of weeks and then I get in that routine. Yeah. And got it now I gotta go travel again. So was there ever kind of this struggle like coming home and now I don't want to go back? Or did you, oh, did yeah. you always have kind of the goal in mind and just were able to compartmentalize? So I think the biggest thing for me was um like I kind of set my mind to okay, like when I came home, like it was always hard to see my daughter mm-hmm. and my mom and my dad yeah. and then to part ways. And But inside, I guess, for myself, I had a goal. And so I said, okay, each time I'm like, okay, only a couple more months and then I come back home. And then the long end result was like, okay, I would max out four to five years of overseas time. Yeah. And once I paid off everything, I was, was set on coming home. I'm like, I'm never going to do that again. Mm-hmm. But I think... Um, Inside, I think my family knew I had a goal, so they were super supportive. And so, this wasn't going to be forever, this right? Was something that, and it wasn't like you were running away from something, right? Right. You were you were running toward, yeah. A and future. it was always nice too, because like I was able to help um, pay stuff off for my with my parents mm-hmm. and stuff, and um, I was super helpful with my daughter's father. Like I just helped them out whenever I could, and so I was able to have I was able to use my extra money that I had to help other people and mm-hmm. so that was also um rewarding so it was also rewarding not just you know the sacrifice right. that I made and so I think um I mean it was I have no regrets doing it and I probably would do it the same way ex- minus my accident <laughs> but I You're, think did you say accident yeah so after um so my last year contracting I um, what year uh, 2016 okay. May. Um, that's when I got hit with a mortar. Um, <clears throat> I 
standby. <laughs> oh, okay. So you are, um, are you in a vehicle? No. Okay. Uh, I was actually asleep in my building. Okay. And the reason why I didn't hear the alarms was because the building had two AC units, and mm-hmm. so it was super it was loud. Crying. It was. Yeah. I sleep with a fan. Yeah. So I like the noise myself. Yeah. I don't want to hear anything else. <laughs> so I get that something can be loud and uh, yeah. you're knocked out and asleep. So. Okay. So um, I had a mortar land next to me. Um, I won't go into too much detail. Are you, but is it a building? Is it a tent? Like where are you in? Uh, it's a wood building. Okay. Um, so that's like a kind of like a little cabin, mm-hmm. a small cabin that you would um, separate. Is it single person dwelling or is it no? A bunks so there's um, so it's like a cabin building. You like a little hut kind of. You walk in. And there's a hallway in the middle, and then there's four rooms on each side. Mm-hmm. So there's four on the left, or left here, and then four on the right. Um, and then mine was the second room towards the middle of the building. Um, Do you have any roommates in there with you? No, so I actually was a coordinator for the night shift, uh-huh. so I worked nights. Okay. So it happened, it hit during the day. Okay. And... Um, which was crazy because, um, so just a little bit of a background, the way the building set up, what I was told was um, when the rocket had hit, it hit the top beam. Okay. And um, as soon as it hit the top beam, that's when it started exploding. And I don't know if you know much about rockets, but when they explode, they kind of rain- like have a rainbow effect. Mm-hmm. So they, when they hit from impact and the point hits it starts exploding uh, like a rainbow kind of yeah so um i was told that had it not hit that beam i probably wouldn't be alive so because it would have been like a direct hit or yeah it would have the way the shrap where it would have hit um on the impact it would have put more shrapnel did the anybody walls. in the building get mortally wounded or I was the only one okay in the building okay because you were asleep everyone because you were the night okay right um and other people in the building um had different jobs so um I was one of I'm gonna say two or three females that did what I did Mm -hmm. so there weren't very many of us on base and the rest were um either doing logistics or I'm gonna say like cooking so. Was the whole building knocked just over? No, um, it just the entire roof was okay. Like the side where it hit was gone. And, and what do you remember? Uh, well, I was knocked out. Um, I guess they didn't find me from talking to people yeah. back then. They didn't find me right away when they cleared the building. Um, cause I guess the door had swung open and, um, Made it, they, it looked like someone had left. Yeah. Like, yeah so right. I guess I was kind of like behind the door and there was wood pieces everywhere. Everything was kind of like blown everywhere. Um, as far as like the stuff on my shelves, um, my TV was right over my head, but that only had shrapnel in it. Um, it was just really crazy, like, thinking about it, because, um, 
sorry. I'm like yeah. trying to focus. It's yeah, really hard. Feels like it's still fresh. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, my laptop was actually open because I was watching Game of Thrones because uh-huh. I was like on this binge of Game of Thrones uh-huh. and from what I was um, told from the people who assessed, like the infantry guys and stuff who assessed my room, um, they think my laptop saved my life too because there was shrapnel in that and it was open from when I fell asleep. Um, But from the blast, I I guess it had, because, sorry, I'm like all over the place. It's so hard to think about it. from the blast, it had blown me off my bed. So um, that also saved me, like in a sense of shrapnel hitting my body. But it also caused me to have a brain injury, which I'm so thankful I came back from. Um, I haven't talked about this story in a while in detail. So it's kind of like yeah, it's I, touching I, old wounds. Right, right. You're, but you, you had. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, there's not. There's nothing to apologize for. I'm sorry you went through it's that. Fine. Uh, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. You you get found and you wake up. Where do you wake up? You wake up in the hospital or you wake up uh, with them resting um, you? No, no one actually found me. I woke up on the ground and I was. I just can remember. Um, I had just a, a really foggy cloud over my eyes. I just everything looked so blurry and. Um, I normally don't get this emotional, but I never know, go into well, detail for this why, for a because while. Because um, <laughs> I said, hey, you yeah. want to have a box of Kleenex ready? And you're like, no, it's was, fine. I'm going to be all I just, right. Oh, I, so. just, I don't talk to strangers about this. Yeah. And not that you're a stranger. No, no, Because no. we've been talking for a while. But um, right. just but it's just. This, this, you don't go into detail about this kind yeah, of stuff. Because uh, everyone that knows this, you knows the story. And that's I, I don't even think I've told anyone close to me details mm-hmm. like this um my husband sometimes will talk about it but he just you know makes checks up on me but um because sometimes an aftermath of that um like I was waking up and having these crazy like it was so weird because I don't want to downplay PTSD but I always tell myself like oh it's war this is normal this is this is what happens right. in a war zone, and I I wouldn't necessarily downplay PTSD, but I'd be like, oh, it's, you would dismiss it's like, it that it wasn't it, like I didn't what you were believe having. it was a real thing. Right. I always thought, well, it's just for somebody who's, you know, maybe like um, going through like some other things that that are interacting with PTSD. But um, I would wake up after my accident before I even met my husband. Um, and I was having these crazy nightmares. Like, it was insane. And I never thought that would happen to me. Mm-hmm. I just, I was such a strong person Obviously, mentally yes. and physically. and To even be there. To and even, make all the decisions you had made at, at just, that point in your life. Yeah. Showed how just, strong you were. After my accident, I just never th- put myself in a position where I thought this would happen. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, they didn't find me right away. I, I get up, and um, I just remember everything being so foggy. And then when I came out of the building, um, the when I remember at that point, obviously, um, I had been in there for a while, and I 
think um, they had still been assessing everything and people were still bunkered down. Mm -hmm. But I just remember people running towards me. Like, con I was confused. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. Um, are you bleeding or are you um, just because you've been, you've been knocked? No. Um, luckily, I, I didn't get hit by shrapnel. And mm -hmm. I think, I know it sounds really crazy, but... Um, I had a friend kill himself after he got back from Iraq mm. because he saw a lot of bad stuff. Right. And then um, two people who were close to me um, also died. And so part of me felt like, and I'm very religious, and so part of me felt like they were watching over me mm -hmm. in a sense. Oh, yeah. But like I mean, you, yeah. just, you just described all the little <laughs> things that had to have happened. They hit the beam. Your yeah. laptop was open, TV <laughs> yeah. above your, like all these things, thrown off the bed, like all these just, things that had to line up just perfectly yeah, for you just, not to be killed. Yeah, definitely was, someone looking out for you. It was very, um, I don't know, the doctors that I came to here in Boise were very shocked and that's okay, <laughs> just dab, <laughs> just dab. <laughs> um, they were actually very surprised when they found out what happened and what did they so what did they diagnose you with um so i had a brain injury and then i had my shoulder injury from whatever i hit right. maybe i landed on something yeah, um i torn my um bicep tendon and then um i have some hearing loss in my left ear um and then i had a neck injury um <clears throat> but i just Luckily went through, sorry, I have to re, like re put my thoughts mm -hmm. together and just reorganize myself because I didn't picture myself coming into this that I was going to have like some tearing yeah. ducks coming, flowing. Um, so. Hey, you're not the first person who cried on uh, sport clips, Hall yeah. of Fame podcast. You're I the was, first one that didn't have Kleenex ready. It's okay. I just, I try to. You're so strong. Myself and You're so strong. I'm like, I'm still in the military. Yeah. I can't cry. Right. Not seeing no. these tears, but we'll, it's just. Uh, we'll try to edit all the tears <laughs> out okay. so that all your buddies can. Uh, it's no, all right. No, hey, I this think... is this is this is life. This is real life, and the fact that you had something that impacted you, right, um, so traumatically, and uh, even as strong as you were. I mean, of course, heroes get hurt. This yeah. is not. Um, <laughs> science fiction this is reality so i think for me though um just having a lot of close friends who've been through similar things yeah. for me i kind of feel like as a female it's easier to cry because it's a norm for females mm -hmm. to cry and i think it's kind of um like for men it's a little more not right. acceptable they be vulnerable or you know, they gotta be right. tough on the exterior so i mean i I don't know where I'm going with this. Well, but. I, I, I cried today yeah. when um, I saw these cute, cute little um, kids <laughs> at this store that we were at. Yeah. And uh, my kids are now 15, 13, and 11. Oh. And the, the boy, on the way out, the boy, he couldn't have been three years old. In oh. fact, on Facebook, go, um, go on Facebook, my <laughs> Facebook feed today, and see the picture of the little boy and the little girl. On the way out, the little boy says to his daddy, who's just gotten a haircut, yeah. I love your haircut, Daddy. That's a nice haircut. And it just, it just made me remember oh. when my kids were that small, and the fact that they're now yeah. teenagers and they're never gonna be. And so I got teary eyed thinking, oh my. And here yeah. I'm away from my family, you know, or whatever. It's definitely so hard. Uh, and I'm not a baby, 
So, um, so no, this is this is <sighs> this is what uh, what humans do. We process emotions uh, and 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 experiences <laughs> that have been life altering, like what you yeah. uh, suffered and went through, um, and survived. And so that's obviously the important thing that you survived it. Right. Uh, you, what what's your recovery been like? So um, after my accident, I did two years of counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through. You're the, all stateside, or was there some? Yeah. There? So okay. um, I kind of wanted to come home. They offered um, to take me to Dubai mm-hmm. and get treatment there, but um, I was really. I think broken down at that point. It had only been a couple of days, and I think I was still in, in shock. I was still yeah, pretty shell shocked sure. that yeah, yeah. what was going on. And um, a lot of my coworkers were like, "You don't look good at all." They had me, you no know, face. in the clinic, and they said, "You you need to go home mm. and get treatment at home yeah. with your family." And I was like, "Okay." I, I bet mom and dad were. Or your or, or Sonny definitely yeah. wanted you to come home too. So, yeah, I definitely didn't want to tell my daughter what had happened mm-hmm. until I got home because she was at that time, two thousand eleven. So yeah, ten or eleven years yeah, old. Yeah, and so she, I don't, I remember um, we, I talked to my mom and she didn't want to tell her because we just wanted her to be able to process it mm-hmm. um, while I was home. So she. Did you have any visible wounds by the time you got home? Um, other than my arm, shoulder, and a sling. Or? Uh, no, not at that point. Okay. I just swelling had swelling like, was down. I had no. I had a really poofy face, oh, okay. and mm. I just I kind of looked different. Mm-hmm. And, um, my mom just tells me to this day, like you've come so far. Mm. You just she just knows she seen me back then, and yeah. I was so dazed and confused at, after I got home and um, my brother drove me around and because the doctor's like don't drive you're not mm-hmm. driving and I hadn't drove but my parents met me at the airport um, and picked me up and um, I came home and they took me straight to the St. Luke's so I could get it reassessed and like yeah brain injury you were gonna send you the brain injury program right away and um at that time, they hadn't quite figured out what was going on in the head and neck because mm-hmm. they knew it was something, but I think they are more focused on the brain um, and getting treatment for that. And I went through, I just remember weeks and weeks and multiple appointments going through um, speech therapy, um, uh, hearing imbalance. There was a couple others. I can't recall what they call them, but I just did had memory problems mm-hmm. I couldn't really put my sentences together it's really weird and Did it's you hard know to describe was off or were people telling you you're not right um a little bit of both mm. I was having a hard time remembering things I would literally um grab something and I couldn't remember if I had what I was doing with it and so um my mom could tell you stories for days because she reminds me of all the kookiness mm-hmm. I did because I just couldn't think right. And as far She's as like, you like that from your father, so. oh, no, no, she she knew I was a pretty sharp person, and so I just couldn't remember if I had washed my hair. And I would sit there like in the shower. Mm-hmm. Did I just wash my hair? I couldn't remember, mm-hmm. and I'd have to repeat things because I couldn't remember. Yeah. And it's just phenomenal how far I've come from a brain injury, and I never 
realize the extent of a brain injury until I actually had gone through one myself. And, you know, I, like I said, I always found myself to be a super strong person. And so this was a really hard time in my life. And, and I think my counselor, who was awesome, he's the greatest person ever, um, pulled me through a lot of dark moments in my life. Um, because my life had changed completely at this point. I'm like, okay, like, what's next? Like, I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. I'm like... You definitely didn't want to go back to Afghanistan, right? That was off the table. And so, at that point, those two years of recovery through the brain injury program and surgery, and I I don't know if I mentioned it, surgery to fix my bicep tendon. And um, just... You know, throughout the process, just everything that's happened, just, I mean, I never knew what I was going to do. And so those two years really were hard for me. Mm-hmm. They, they really were. Um, I just felt like everything was taken from me. And I felt, I felt like, I don't know, I just, I can't really describe it. I just was not the same person that I was mm-hmm. before the accident. I used to be maybe a little egotistic with, a mixture of, you know. Well, because you're so confident. I yeah, mean, with. You're, you know, and you're strong. And, right. And you recognize that. It's not that you were yeah. arrogant. But no, no, just, I just. You knew who you were. Yeah, you were I worked so hard. Yeah. And so, um, I guess at that point, you know, there's just a lot that I struggled with. Um, I felt like I lost confidence in myself. I just, I felt ugly. I felt different I just didn't feel like I blended in with anybody anymore just how are things with uh, with Sunny at that time um so my daughter was still at school with her dad full-time I left her with him full-time because mm-hmm. I didn't want her to be exposed to my treatments mm-hmm. um as far as like I couldn't go outside I had to be away from the sun I had to be away from noise I had to be in a quiet room to help my Were brain heal or anything during this oh time? yeah I had really major my like really bad migraines like to the point where I was on these medications I was actually on different medications for a lot of things um my first night home I didn't sleep I stayed up for almost two days and the doctor had to prescribe me medicine to sleep and it was a really rough time I just I can't even believe it happened sometimes like my husband tells me like I you know my mom and my dad and my daughter did see some of it, and she, they're just and Did so you not know your husband at the time? I did not. this happened? Okay. No. Oh, we, we can, we can I, yeah, later, so right? he didn't really know me in my bad days. Um, luckily, he met me when I was at the end of my healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't, I can't ever say people fully heal from injuries like right. this, but I think you learn to cope. You're normal, and you, yeah, yeah, you learn to kind of... Um, Survive. Not necessarily get over, but you learn how to just deal with the yeah. bad and move forward. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the biggest struggle with me is I I couldn't accept that I was different now. And I couldn't accept that I had a new journey. But I knew in my head after a while, once I got better, that um, just God had a different journey when, for me when, lined up. When did you feel you got better? Like, it, is there, is there a um, date where you can point to and say, no. all right, or was there a slow culmination of, you know, and that was 20, October 2019. <laughs> no. So where, where did the um, healing kind of really? 
for well, me? Well, I want to say, like, my husband helped me out a lot. I wouldn't say I was fully healed. I still had, like, really bad. I couldn't sleep. Mm. And to this day, I've, my sleeping is a little bit better, but I just, everyone thinks I'm crazy because I can go to sleep at, like, 12 at night and wake up at, like, 4 or 2, mm. 4 or 5, excuse me, sleep a few hours mm. and I can't talk now. Um, and I just... I can still go on about my day, but then sometimes I can feel my body like telling me, you need to rest. Yeah. But I just can never get on a normal sleeping schedule after that. And um, sometimes I'll still get a, a random nightmare here or there, uh, like I'm dying, like I'm not supposed to wake up. Right. And so, and panic sets in, you know? yeah, and it's just, it's really hard. Um, and it takes me back to that moment where I'm like waking up and you know fighting for my life yeah. and I'm in a war zone and I you know I can't take credit I know so many infantry friends who've done so much and gone outside the wire and so for me I'm like a lot of times I'm like I my incident because not nearly as bad as some other uh, people and I just to you I to them. yeah and so sometimes I tell myself like okay I gotta be strong I gotta get through this you know they've been through so much worse and mine is nothing compared to theirs and and it's hard, and so I just, you know, I really, I like my husband and my daughter and my mom, my entire family, I think, really brought me back to life, including my counselor, um, who I don't even, I probably won't mention his name, but yeah, no, he's a great no. guy, yeah. but in here in Boise, and I, without him, I think ultimately, like, things were, would, be different. would be a lot harder. Yeah. Um, cause I think ultimately it was the PTSD right. and the fact that I was different. I felt like I talked different. I felt like my brain functioned differently and I felt, I just felt really, really different. Mm-hmm. And so, um, for me to come this far in life, um, really, really is, you uh, know, it's, it's a blessing. It's an incredible survival yeah. story. And we haven't even got, I mean, that was the... Where, where, where you been? Yeah. Now let's talk. Where you at? So, yeah, so you, what did you survived all that for what? what yeah. where, where are we right now? What's going on? Um, yeah, so I finished out my last year at Boise State, which was great. It was a great accomplishment. Um, I took the LSAT and I scored um, very well. And I was going to go to law school, but I wasn't mentally ready for that mm-hmm. quite yet, that challenge. And so I took a break and I decided to go to cosmetology school. Cos- and, and, and that's the, I mean, that's the, <laughs> I, I don't know. You've had an incredible story to this point, but that's yeah. the part where I'm shocked if I'm listening to this for the first time. <laughs> yeah. All of that you survived and you somehow find, now how do you find cosmetology school? Had it been kind of a secret passion or had you um, always cut somebody's hair? And, no. Know, so um, what, what happened? Actually, I just... I was kind of um, intrigued with lashing at first is where it started. Okay. Um, my girlfriend was doing lashing, my best friend, Latasha. Latasha, okay, another shout-out um, to her. Yeah, she was doing lashing, and um, I didn't even tell you the rest of the story, the best friend, but um, long story short, she didn't complete individual training. What? So the one friend that convinced me. Are you me, kidding me? No. Oh, <laughs> to, uh, she's on my list right yeah, now. Yeah, so but I love her. her. She's okay. she got injured oh. during um, basic from running. She didn't know she had a hip injury. And okay. So, 
Um, anyhow. Well, but she she gets you to this. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, so lashing. Um, she was doing so she lashing. Side, yes, and so I got intrigued and decided to take a lash course with a salon over here in Boise, and I was really intrigued by it, and I just found it very therapeutic to do lashing, mm-hmm. and so I was looking into you know opening up like a small little um, booth or some kind of like renting a room to do lashing and the girl that taught me the lashing course was informing me that there was supposed to be this law in Idaho where you had to have a license to lash and so I was like okay I'm taking a break from school I should just go get my aesthetics license Mm and I went down to Paul Mitchell, and I was, you know, letting them know what I was interested in. And the guy down there, Ryan, was like, if you're going to, you know, get your esthetician license, you might as well go full out and do your cosmetology mm-hmm. um, license. And I said, really? You think so? Like, me cut hair? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you'll learn how to cut hair, color. You can do everything you want. I'm like, really? So I went home, back home to my husband. I was like, what do you think? And he's just typical guy. Do whatever makes you happy. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever is going to make you feel good. I support you with whatever you Uh decide. And, you know, I was like, okay. So it took me a while to try to figure out. I was back and forth with what I wanted to do. Like what, you know, this is not the industry I ever saw myself in. Mm -hmm. Only because I was like, it's, you know, more of a, you know, like girly girl industry and me coming from the military and having my IT background. So, yeah, I just. um, Right, and I never knew that, and so um, it was great because I decided to choose Paul Mitchell, and I kind of did some researching around the area, and I found that Paul Mitchell just kind of was more, I don't know how to describe it. They were just down to earth. They, mm-hmm. they felt like they were more grounded for me yeah. as far as fitting in, and so um, I decided to do Paul Mitchell, and I remember getting there, and you know, I was super nervous. When like, is oh gosh. Last year, 2018? Oh, no. Paul Mitchell, I just started in April. Okay. End of April, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so this, um, year, this year, yeah. Okay. So um, I was super nervous, and everybody had to do an introduction and introduce yourselves. I'm like, how am I going to work this? Okay. <laughs> how am I going to introduce myself? Because yeah. I am not the same as these girls, you know, we're just getting out of high school, and then some of them are, you know, salon owners, and so it was very intimidating. And then it was actually nice because at the end of it, I met a really good person. Her name's Ruby. She owns a salon here in Mountain Home, and I was able to meet other great people and network with so many people. And it's just crazy because I find that cutting hair is actually really therapeutic for me. Mm. It's really relaxing. and it's What is it? Is it the cutting or the talking? I would say more it's like the service itself. Okay. You know, I never envisioned myself doing services for other yeah. people, but I find it very therapeutic yep. and it's relaxing for me. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought it was great. Um, and I've been there and they just, they're very supportive and it's okay to cry there and it's yeah. okay to <laughs> right. hug and, you know, outside of the military and I'm not being this, you know, tough person. Yeah. I have this other side where I can Horrible. lean on these, you know, yeah. people and still have, you know, support, and it was, it's was it been great. It's been a really good journey. How, so, the back to the Help a Hero Scholarship. Yeah. Like what kicked this whole podcast off. You you received a Help a Hero Scholarship. You're I using those, those funds for right. Paul Mitchell Cosmetology Correct. School, right? Yes. So, quickly, how... How'd you hear about the scholarship? How'd you how'd you win it? I mean, what'd you do right? Um, like, what, what happened? 
exactly I'm still rendering what I did right mm-hmm. I'm so confused um, I was very blessed when I found out I got the scholarship um, but Ryan who helps over in yep. the missions department mm-hmm. at Paul Mitchell mm-hmm. sent me a link of scholarships and so um, I remember telling another former veteran about it I kept telling her like we got to apply to the scholarship together it's so cool like just see what happens and um I didn't know how much to tell, and I didn't have a whole in the biography part as part. I can't talk today. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as it goes from um, oh, yeah, I remember, describing I who I am, yeah. yeah, it was really hard because I didn't know what to put in there, what not to put in there. Mm-hmm. And so I was like telling my friend over at Paul Mitchell, you know, I just don't know what to put in here because I don't know if it's too much or too little or too vague. I just, I just put it out what was true and what I knew to be true of myself and what I was looking for um, and what I wanted to do. I wanted, you know, to help other veterans like myself. I wanted to, you know, get, share my story with other veterans, but mostly I wanted to give back to the veteran community. And and that's why I know going forward, um, one of the biggest things I'm going to do is, you know, give free haircuts to veterans. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to do. Which, and so, uh, by the way, we do at Sport Clips yeah. on Veterans Day as part yeah. of our Help a Hero uh, time period, so that's uh, you know when you're licensed, you can maybe come yeah. pitch in and, yeah. and help us. So you you got the scholar. Oh, how did you find out? By the way, oh. hey, what what happened? What was the day like? What happened? Um, it's like when I actually found out I yeah. got the scholarship. You, you submitted it. You turned um, it in, and then what? You hear so the I next got, day? Was it no? It, it took. I don't remember exactly how many months, but. I Have found you out. About it I actually point? did yeah, kind okay. of forget. Yeah. Um, I figured I'd hear about it when I did because I got some um, inquiries back from other scholarships, and they're like, "No, you didn't get selected." So I'm like, "Oh dang, oh, that denied. sucks." Yeah. yeah. So that was a little sad. And then um, I got an email, and it said that I had been selected, and I would hear later on. And I thought, "Wow, like that is so cool. Like, really, me?" And mm-hmm. and I just thought to myself, like, I wonder if I did get it or how I got it or who I competed against that I beat because to myself, what I say to myself internally is like, there's so much competition out there. So many veterans with their own stories and their own, you know, background. So I was just really excited at the same time, Mm -hmm. confused, but more excited than confused. So who, uh, who notified you? Was it, uh, uh, I don't recall. Somebody from Sports Clips? Sports Clips. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, so I got a Sports Clips email and a VFW email. Okay. And then Sports Clips randomly, well, they told me they were coming. Yeah. The crazy, oh, yeah. crazy story is <laughs> I was hoping they would prep me to let me know what day they were coming because I wanted to look super, you look, hey, you super look, cute. You, you and looked like, you know, you were mil- cut from the military. <laughs> I mean, you had... Your uniform on, your hair was yeah, bad. Yeah, so... And that's why I didn't recognize you today, because I got well, this, like, Hollywood actress walking through the lobby, yeah, and I was so expecting just, you to be in your uniform. Yeah, it was very um, surprising, because actually that day that they came to give the check to Giant me... Giant check, yeah. Yeah, um, they were, the day before, they said, okay, tomorrow we're dressing up as um, superheroes. And so I told my husband, like, what should I dress up as? He's like, dress up as Captain Marvel. Wear my flight suit. Mm-hmm. And so I was a little confused, like, when they came in. And I'm dressed so up in a flight suit. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, no. Was, did, did he, was he in on it? 
Now he had no so idea. So you could have been at like Wonder Woman costume. I could have been and something that would have been crazy. The that went and, out. Yeah. By the way, I just did a convention yesterday and showed that picture uh, up like to Facebook and Google yeah. and, and Amazon and Microsoft were there, like all these people. So had, oh. it, I would, had it been the Wonder Woman one, that would have been awesome too. Yeah. So I was kind of embarrassed but happy at the same time. So super, super excited though. I was very blessed and I was super thankful and, and, that. and the reason that we wanted to capture your story not just to hear about your incredible triumph and survive and advance instincts but to kind of tie in the fact that we have this help a hero scholarship for yeah. heroes like you and all the stylists all the stores across the country that are raising funds for it uh you are the kind of person that we're looking for and um and the fact that you've triumphed and the fact that you've you have this daughter that you've sacrifice for and this this life that you continue to fight and live uh and that we're able to help in some i don't know if it's small or big way but in some way and contribute to a better life for you uh is pretty incredible so i, I definitely want it now you've got first of all you got today uh and, and those watching on youtube hello uh you can see we've got a, it's not a prop it's actually uh, <laughs> some wall uh what are these clippers yes the 100 year uh Clippers that Duke Sorensen, one of my favorite uh, buddies, my BF, one of my BFFs at Sport Cliffs, the AD for Utah and Idaho, he flew in from Salt Lake City to meet yes. you today and present you with some Sport Clips swag, but really for these amazing <laughs> Clippers that I think you said you're going to take to school tomorrow. Yeah, I am. Uh, yes. Show off. <laughs> um, but what uh, what is next? What's what's next on your horizon? And then I got three. I told you I had three questions to, yeah. to end it. So what's ne- what's coming up next for you? Um, so I invested into a salon. Okay. So what? Awesome. Yeah. Um, so as soon as I'm done with school, mm-hmm. I'm going to go start working in the salon. Oh, incredible. Um, along my journey, I've invested in taking other courses. So I specialize in hair extensions mm-hmm. and I just really am trying to wrap myself around the beauty industry yeah. and get involved and, um, after this, I plan on working at the salon and then helping other people like myself. Yeah. And I even, I enjoy just helping people. I think that's the biggest thing is I find that like cutting hair is not only therapeutic, but making people look beautiful yes. oh, is amazing to is. me. It's just. And every stylist listening to this is not yeah. in your head right now. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we get it, girl. Yeah. yeah so. We yeah. Other girls that are at my school are always confused. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, come work with me. Mm-hmm. I come, you know, I'm always open arms to well, anybody. I hope at some point, we partner with you or we do something yeah. for veterans. Like, we got to make sure to stay connected. Yes. And, and do events. Um, even, maybe not even just with veterans, but anything like with St. Baldrick's or any of our other charitable stuff. We want to make sure that you stay plugged in. Yes. Uh, you're part of the Sport Clips family. So whether you like us or that. not, you know, you're, you're, no, I love you're that. a ride or die with us. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. Can I ask my three final questions? Because I kept you a half hour longer than I said I would. So it's I'm okay. <laughs> I um, had a long story. Uh, an, an amazing story. Uh, so three questions. Oh, right. and before I get there. Uh, so everybody, the Help a Hero Scholarship. The, uh, October 14th to November 11th. Do what you can to raise funds for Help a Hero because it is literally uh, women like this that, uh, that the scholarship benefits. And she has turned her life into this amazing story, uh, this epic adventure. And we've fortunately been able to be a small part of it, but think of the impact she's going to have uh, 
for the next, I don't know, you're 30. I'm sure 31. Years old. Well, I would say 30. <laughs> I'm so, getting up. So the next seven decades of your life, you're going to yes. have such an impact. And for us to be a little part of your story is pretty incredible. So help a hero. Thank you. Uh, make sure uh, everybody gets involved, raise funds. I'm asking every store to do $1,000, to raise $1,000 this year. Awesome. So we'll see. Maybe we can get $1.8 million. Okay, three <laughs> questions. All right. Uh, question number one. And uh, if they, when they make, not if, when they make a movie based on the story of your life, oh. what actress do you want to play the lead role? You. Oh, an actress. Oh, I'm trying to think of her name. Where's she from? She's a Hispanic actress, and she just played on that new movie where she goes to Mexico. Miss something. Miss Bala? Miss... I don't oh, know, but I, I can, can't remember. I can that that's who yeah. you want? So, yeah. okay, if I so, figure it out and yeah. I can supplement <laughs> it in here, or after the, after we talk, it, I can always... Yeah. Edit yeah. Edit who it is. Okay. Number two, this is an important question. Okay. Um, you got... There, there's going to be a soundtrack for this movie. Okay. What band or musician are you picking to be the, the soundtrack for your movie? Oh, I'm a huge... I love... J-Lo okay and she's awesome she but could also kind of be the lead character I mean you, the older oh yeah she's yeah she's been playing yeah. she's made a movie that yeah. was interesting yeah. uh, <laughs> to well, say the yeah, least okay. well, <laughs> not, not, not a, not, you won't take Sunny to see that movie let's, let's be honest okay uh, and then the third question okay what we're, what are we going to call the movie oh what should we title it well in Afghanistan, they always called me. Um, my buddy always said I was the J Lo of Afghanistan. Okay. Oh, look at that. See? <laughs> so, and I said Jimmy from the block, and you looked at me like I was, you know, crazy when I said that. So, um, so you are okay, J Lo so from Afghanistan. Yeah, it's gotta that's be, be J Lo. That's who's yeah. gotta be who plays you. Yeah, for so. sure. Um, and does she'll do the soundtrack? It'll be yeah, J-Lo from Afghanistan. she'd be perfect. She. Be cheap, <laughs> cheap uh, movie. <laughs> so, um, that's how I wanted to end it. I just wanted you. Actually, I wanted you to get a chance to smile okay. after walking through that <laughs> through that story. But yeah. thank you for everything. Thank you for being available for us. Appreciate and it for your service. Thank uh, you too. That is, uh, this is why we do what we do on this side of things at Sport Clips. We we love our veterans and uh and love to get a chance to sit down and sit with you so thank you thank you so much thanks everybody for listening um i can't promise that next week's episode will be as um as gripping but uh we will do our best to entertain and inform and until then we'll see you next time